0: Welcome to the dual threat podcast and host Ryan Roussilly probably know that by now and we are ready to go draft week is upon us although the closer we get to this the more I don't know if it's misinformation or just we've been talking about the same stuff for two months but we're going to break it all down with Danny Kelly of the ringer and also Kevin Clark so fired up to talk to you guys. Danny, I want to start with you because yep. I've got a list of a bunch of different things. And one of the most important things that's happening here, and you have these five biggest questions ahead of the NFL draft. I'm always skeptical as I've said before, that if it's what, two months out, we're like, oh, Kyler Murray done, deal to Arizona. And there's a couple <laughs> right. guys now, as you've pointed out, uh Daniel Jeremiah saying he's less confident about it now. I think Peter King is kicking the tires on this thing, not necessarily being locked up. So guys, where do we start with the Murray thing? Is this just the way the business works <laughs> that everybody's trying to do a 180 to make it more interesting at the end? Or are we hearing real, tangible stuff that we believe
1: that there's drama still at number one? Oh man, that is the question, isn't it? I mean, obviously they're I think Kingsbury was even saying today and today's Tuesday that they're they haven't decided yet, which is I'm guessing totally. Wait, BS. I
2: I have to say the league basically tells you to say that. That was the thing with
1: Goff. Oh, because they Sneed, want it to be more interesting?
2: Need came out right before the Goff selection was like, hey, it'll be good for the ratings if we don't say. Yeah. They didn't, the, the Andrew Luck selection wasn't, you know, Grigson didn't say he was going to do that until that morning. That was Andrew Luck.
0: It's also Grigson. Yeah. That's Grigson.
2: No, was it? <laughs> we didn't, but
0: did Grigson? T- yeah.
2: He probably did. That's had, right, he probably yeah. hadn't started looking at players the night before, <laughs> and was like, "Oh
0: God, Gregson just gets destroyed." You you ripped Gregson uh, recently, yeah. didn't you?
2: In your one of your articles? Uh, yes, I heard. I got some back channel blowback from that. Did you?
0: Yeah. I, I read the sentence and was like, "This feels harsh, even for Gregson."
2: Sometimes oh, you don't man. have to worry about people just coming back to positions of power, and he's, he's one of them. Oh, so you're just you're. you're not no, I mean it's just it. like it, it's it is what he's it is. working I mean, for a team now, though, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Is right. it the Raiders or the Seahawks?
0: You know what I didn't want to do is
2: start Gregson, on a Gregson, on a Gregson
1: timeline. So, Danny, wherever you were before, pick it right up. Yeah, my 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 gut is that he's that Kyler is going to be the number one pick. It was reported that he and his agent met with uh, Cardinals brass, which in theory means they were hammering out kind of the the details of the, the contract. And then he canceled a a planned meeting with the Redskins. So, I just think there's there's enough smoke there. Plus, what you heard at the combine. Uh, To just kind of, I think, uh, if I was, you know, if I was going to bet on it, that's what I bet on. Obviously, anything could happen, but I think that's like the most common or the most likely
2: thing to happen. There was a rumor last year around the combine time the Browns were going to take Josh Allen. (sighs) Yeah, and that was. Like the Murray rumor in the sense that you heard it everywhere to the point that it might have been a little suspicious. And that's <laughs> that's been my stance on Murray the whole time is that it's so yeah. out there that it seems like it's suspicious. Everybody was trying to leak that to me. I couldn't walk down the street in Annapolis and somebody, hey, dear, Murray's going to Arizona. I mean, it was un. It was crazy, yeah. And I've never, I've never been around anything like that in my entire life. That's why I've always um,
0: kind of wondered, like, are we sure about
2: this? Yeah, and so I wouldn't be surprised if the whole thing was just to drum up interest in the number one pick. Right. That would that would not shock me at all, but on the other hand, Kyler Murray is really good, and 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 Steve Keim and Kingsbury know that if you hit on a guy like Kyler Murray, your jobs are Change safe for a long time. Yeah, and I think that they understand that. I mean, I the value thing with Rosen is really bad. I would keep Rosen if you drafted Murray. I'd actually maybe play Rosen. In 2019, but that's a
0: separate issue. Whoa! Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> we need some sort of alert. I like. I haven't heard anybody say this. It's, Thank you it's for my.
2: Okay. All right. It's my. Have shade. you shared this anywhere else? Uh, I, I've, I've thrown it out there. Oh. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, I guess I, I it's mean, not that new. I mean, yeah. No. So here's. <laughs> I my... can't
0: consume all your content.
2: <laughs> here, here, you can try. Um. Okay. Here, Here's my unifying Josh Rosen theory. His stock's never going to be lower. He played for Steve Wilkes right. last year. He played for Mike McCoy. Mike McCoy made David Johnson anonymous, okay? He had not, nobody to throw to. So if you're going to go ahead and trade him after one year of Steve Wilkes where he had no idea what he was doing, his stock's never going to be lower. What if he's Paxton Lynch, though? What if he's Paxton Lynch? What if, it, I mean, is what not if not his stock get, actually not does get, worse? get lower? It's going to get worse. <laughs> so my my theory is that you you, you well, put him in Cliff you, Cliff's you, offense. You could just
0: just an aside here his his stock could be worse.
2: But I mean I'd much rather you 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 put him in the Cliff offense. Okay. You give him a training camp. You give him two months of it and you see if there's any flashes there, and then you trade him after he flashes. Cliff, he's going to play better under Cliff Kingsbury than he did under Mike McCoy. That is... Yeah, I would put that 90% yeah. certainty on that. Ease Kyler into it. I just think that that, would, that if if I had... I would trade down. I would take Bosa and trade down. That's what I would do. Oh. But if you wanted to do the two-quarterback thing, that's how I would approach it. Danny? I would take Kyler. I think
1: he's... Uh, got that potential to be, um, you know, like a franchise-changing guy. I don't think it's going to happen overnight, but I think he has that talent, that dynamic ability. Everything we saw from Rosen last year was, you know, obviously a lot of caveats, but not encouraging. Um, and I just think, I don't know, that I, Kevin, I think you wrote it in your article. It's like, if you don't have a good quarterback situation, keep picking a quarterback until you just do Just
2: keep a running pick. it back. I mean, John Elway's doing that to extremely bad <laughs> results. I, I will yeah. say that. But maybe that's He's, just, that's a Murray's John Elway problem enough. and not a strategy problem. But no, just keep going until you figure it out. That's that's where I land. I think Murray's good enough to do that,
1: and I don't know. I, to me, it's like just don't don't worry about the sunk cost thing. Like, don't worry about what Rosen you know is. Like, if you think Murray's that guy, and I think he could be, then then you'd pick him.
2: I remember something, I've said this before. Mike Shanahan actually said this before. The RG3 pick. So, so let's separate the the time from from the actual sentiment. So, no one's ever, ever, ever criticized how much you invest when you hit on a quarterback. Because right. he said that when when the Colts drafted uh, got Elway uh, in the trade that at the time, people were just destroying the Broncos, just destroying the Broncos for for going out and getting him and, and giving him that much. And so, and then as soon as Elway became Elway, nobody cared. Um, so, <laughs> I feel like yeah. you cannot. It is impossible to put a price tag on a franchise quarterback. So if you think that's Kyler Murray, just take him and figure it out later.
0: Yeah, that's always kind of been one of the things that I've noticed is that, you know, when people have talked about Kyler and then, well, you know, if you're not 100% sure, you know, maybe you move down and do the asset. And that's why they're. Do- None of that makes any sense to me. One is that I think the outside world is far too simplistic about moving down, as if yeah. there's just a million teams going, of course <laughs> right, we'll give yes. you two yeah. two first and a second. And now just everybody to move wants up. to move down. Yeah, everybody, everybody. If everybody wants to move down. If everybody's looking at this. This draft the same. And I was talking to one guy last night, you know, it just look, I'm not a huge football guy on that side of it. But there's a lot of NFL front office guys that love the NBA. And I've become friends with a few guys and they'll they'll talk about different things. And And one guy in particular said, you know, I feel like most of the league has the same 90 guys, yeah. you know. So when you're sitting there going, well, after 16 or after 20, the grades start to fall off and then it kind of picks up in depth in the second, third round. Sure, there are outliers, but it's a really hard market when everybody kind of looks at the draft the same way, and then there aren't going to be five teams willing to give you all these assets and move up, especially for a non-quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And the other part of it, if Kyler is the guy, if you evaluate him as the guy, then you wouldn't screw around with it unless you knew for sure that if you moved out of one, then somebody go gets, goes and gets Bosa ahead of San Francisco, and then it's Corner Williams, but then you're never quite sure who everybody else is drafting. Although I have heard that a lot of times when it are those trades at the very top, That usually the front office, because there are enough friendships that cross that they'll be like, look, if you do this, this is who we're taking. (laughs) Right. And so like a Trubisky one, I think is a good example of that, where it's like, look, this is what we're going to end up doing. All right. I want to jump to then at least if there is this total, hey, wow, Arizona took Bosa (laughs) and hey, Josh Rosen, we've always liked you. Um, which would be really, really weird, but I understand that's what the money's for. That
2: would be such an amazing
0: twist. It'd be so crazy. And then that would we be would like find the out. worst way of so, going about this. Daniel Jeremiah <laughs> hey, said Hey, Josh, this. we actually didn't want to tell you, so you leaked <laughs> no, it to anybody. But no,
2: but, so Daniel Jeremiah told me this at the Combine, and I've been thinking about it ever since. The only option, there's t- only two options. One is that Kyler Murray is the guy. The other is that they secretly told Josh Rosen six weeks ago don't listen to anything. Don't tell mm. anybody. Ignore everything that's about to happen. Which would be, first of all, I mean, I, I, I do... Josh Rosen should get all pro votes for that. But <laughs> if, if that is just the case, for being able, to... <laughs> if that is the case, I would love that. Also, if he was a coach, he'd get some sort of phony extension after this is all done, just to make him feel better. Yeah,
0: like when <laughs> when uh, when Fisher got seven yeah. million extra because they were moving. I remember when there was a reporter that was like, "Well, you know, moving's
2: tough." They're like, look, 20? I get moving sucks too. But nobody's tacking a year onto my deal. Tony Sperano uh, got a phony contract That's right. because the Dolphins like, called Jim Harbaugh. They, called, they, they flew to Stanford Stanford to meet with him, and they were like, oh, I can't get him. I might as well give Tony Sperano a fake extension.
1: What were you saying, Danny? I was just going to say, think about the fan perspective, the, the Arizona fans that have all bought in on the idea of Kyler Murray, and then if the Cardinals go away from that and it's back to Rosen, it's like, oh, man. So <laughs> they're, just, they're just putting him in a terrible spot, I think. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, I hate when things are really, really
0: obvious, because then I start going, "Ah, is this really what's happening? (laughs) Okay, so let's look at the Raiders, because I feel like with Gruden, who, I'm not sure if he's clueless now with football, that seems to be an aggressive, negative comment about him, Um, but it's gone way worse for him public perception-wise in the first year than I could have ever imagined, (laughs) and part of that is Khalil Mack, and then having Khalil Mack do what he did on a national stage very early on. Um, I don't think Mayock has a ton of fans and there's always going to be skepticism when you're doing something non-traditional. So now you've paired two guys that it seems perception wise, like I once said this about Bud Selig, Bud Selig's popularity was so low at one point that if he gave a homeless guy a 20, somebody somebody'd be mad about it not being a 10 and two fives. Okay. And (laughs) that's kind of like where the Raiders are right now. So why are they off of a Derek Carr, who I'm not saying is perfect, but it is at least shown. That he can play, and I, and I remember like you know, Mangini when he came through yeah. at ESPN. All these guys, he goes, look, when you're desperate for a quarterback or you're not sure how you're going to fill the position, at least a guy that's done it for a couple years. Like I know no one likes Matt Castle, but you can at least see on paper a couple years. You're like, oh, the guy yeah. played 16 and was competitive. Why Danny would Derek Carr be somebody they'd be willing
1: to move off of now so quickly? Uh, well, for number one, I think the th- the thing that kind of jumps out to me is he doesn't really match up. His skill set doesn't really match up with what they've done uh, in the offseason in the sense of you know going out and get these explosive downfield passer uh, pass catchers. You know Antonio Brown, Tyrell Tyrell Williams, J.J. Nelson. These are guys that excel down the field. Obviously Antonio Brown kind of do it everywhere, but um, I mean it just Derek Carr in his career has been you know, not like a check down guy necessarily, but very much a West Coast guy in the sense he's not attacking downfield very much or very aggressively. He's, he's His his average depth of target is low. You know, it's his average yards per attempt is very, very low relative to the league. So to me, like you look at all the moves they've made, I guess that you could say it's to elevate the quarterback, but at the same time, it just doesn't team, seem to fit his skill set. So that I think is the one little bit of smoke I, I can see um, you know, cause you can, you can just say like actions speak louder than words. Like that's the one thing I would say, um, kind of makes me think that they're not thinking of car as a long-term solution there. But I think you're right though. Like in the short term, he has a floor that they know, you know, they know where his floor is. It's not going to be a complete disaster most likely. And so, um, you know, I think it gives them the flexibility to like, if, if, you know, if the Cardinals don't take Kyler Murray, yeah. Uh, that gives them a, a big opportunity to go do it go go get him at number
2: 2 or whatever Danny, trade up I, I think the biggest indicator that that john gruden is looking to look quarterback is that john gruden is constantly looking quarterback he's been doing this <laughs> yeah. for 20 years now and, i mean and they, he still
0: thinks it's a tv show he still
2: thinks like, right no no this back. is yours he,
0: <laughs> he don't have to he doesn't leave no
2: i mean even you know his his tampa bay tenure uh just constantly looking for the next guy Very good point uh he's never really had that that Long-term relationship with the quarterback. who said this is my guy. Even the Chris Sims thing, he was so excited to publicly to start with Chris Sims. You know, 14 years ago, whenever it was. And by the end, the, I think Chris Sims said their their relationship was irreparably broken because John Gruden tried to get uh, Jake Plummer. Just randomly, just tried to get Jake Plummer. So Chris Sims is my guy. Oh, also I'm bringing in Jake Plummer. So that's where we are with John Gruden. I actually yeah. think that. We've swung too far. I think John Gruden understands a lot more football than we think. I think that he. It's is.
0: definitely swung too
2: far, and the it's analy- Like a bit I for him. It's a bit, and and you know, <laughs> I have a friend who's a really huge Raiders fan, and he made the point to me. Can we that get them on the pod? We can. Sounds get like them. good content. He's also English, so I mean, it would just be it would be real. Is real talk? Is he going to talk down to us? Yeah, but he's a Raider <laughs> fan, so that can only really go so far. Um, okay, but he, his point was that. You know, Gruden was at the epicenter of a couple of these things that we we can't stop praising. He brought Sean McVay into into the league in two thousand eight um, with the Bucs. He was Kyle Shanahan's boss. I mean, he 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 started a lot of things. He started a lot of threads that now dominate the NFL. So it's not like he's not running you know the wing T here. Okay, he understands <laughs> modern football. Um, right. I just think that he he didn't understand. How to talk about modern football? I think he thought that everybody was be so impressed with his his lines and his one-liners, and that's just not the way the media works now. And you know, I think Aaron Jatz, he told me this, and Gruden was the first, real, really the first person to actually be ripped in the NFL for being anti-analytics. Before for ten years, it was if you said we we just want to we just want to be you know, uh, we don't want those numbers stuff. We don't want these numbers guys. Oh, that guy's old school. And then Gruden says, is it data or data? And everybody goes, what the hell is this?
0: The contract hurts him too. Oh, yeah. And he would, I don't know if discretion is the right word, but he was so forward about seeking out jobs just to angle the contract. And it worked for him. Look, it worked for him getting re-upped at ESPN. Is he not going to Tennessee? I don't think he's going to Tennessee. And I'll never forget when he just started talking about Rocky Top in an interview with Seattle. Like it didn't make any sense of what, whatsoever. And that actually just as an ESPN employee used to bug me a little bit being like, <laughs> wait a minute. So we're just supposed to give you even more money because you mentioned Rocky Top. And anyway. All right. So moving on, let's do this, Danny. Give me the rumor This is, I
2: love this stuff. Yes,
0: yes. Give me the rumor you'd feel unprofessional tweeting, but you feel safe sharing on a podcast. (laughs) Let's go.
2: Let's go, Danny.
0: Oh, man. That's
1: a good
2: question. I really put you Uh, on the spot there.
0: Yeah. You can, you'd want to table that and we'll go another quick hitter. Or we could
2: ask about Nick Bosa's uh, tweets.
1: (laughs) His political tweets? I don't know if I, I don't know if I have one that's that I didn't even bother to look it up. Is it that bad? I
2: just uh, not it wasn't going to interest me. A young guy said something that the public disagrees uh, he's with. I've been saving some things. I don't know. Danny would know more. I never no, even I looked it up, so I, 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 I now him.
0: I maybe have to retract not being upset so stories, people get upset with There's some this me. also
2: happened this morning with Donovan McNabb is apparently feuding with Carson Wentz or something. Yeah. And that, I just saw it, and I'm just like, I'm just opting out of it. I don't—
0: It wasn't really even that bad. He I, was like, basically, I, if Wentz doesn't win the next couple of years, they're going to have to look because Foles did it, Wentz didn't do it, and I don't no, know. I, I do think I, it's kind of interesting that the way we feel about Mahomes is kind of the way we felt about Wentz, the way we felt about Deshaun Watson— and how unfathomable it would feel to be talking about Mahomes in 12 months going, eh, a little step back. Um, but, all right,
1: Danny, do you have one as we we filled there, or do you want to go first, Kevin? I don't have, like, any good rumor necessarily, but I want to ask your guys' opinion on this Daniel Jones situation. Like, are we buying that he could be the sixth overall pick? Well, that really shook up Kevin. Um <laughs>
2: Could you imagine the, if I died, it. and the last thing that <laughs> went through my mind was Daniel Jones at six.
0: Like, I can tell you somebody that'd be great because in the tweet, the yeah, like two different Twitter feeds, it would say,
1: "NFL writer dies." But listen, in the reaction to but, Daniel Jones,
2: also, but listen to the podcast. That'd be huge for the yeah.
1: downloads if you died. That'd be great. The Daniel Jones thing is the most insane, I think, thing in this whole draft to me so far. Explain further. Well, no. first of all, I have him at number 100 in my, in my <laughs> top in my top 100, and the reason I put him in there is because <laughs> he's going to go in the first round and we had to have, like, a profile in there. Um, I just don't should think— have been aw- Next year, if you have a guy like that, just put him as an honorable mention. <laughs> I asked about that. Like, we were thinking about, <laughs> can we just put, like, a, a Daniel Jones profile in here without a number because uh, he's almost—it it's it feels like almost inevitable that he's going to go in the first round, but— um, to me, he's really riding the the David Cutcliffe thing like, yeah. you know, e- Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, blah, blah, blah. But his statistics are atrocious. Guys generally don't get better um, from college game to the pros. Uh, you know, I think he's very inaccurate downfield. His decision-making is questionable. Um, it's just I- – I just don't get it. I think they're falling in love with kind of like he looks like a pro quarterback and – you know that's kind of it, but you know the Giants taking him at six, it would kind of go along with their brand of late. Gettleman like, is is definitely in that group of the Gruden thing, where Gettleman yeah. now is in that
0: lane where there's no credit whatsoever for any of the Carolina stuff. It's just you're a bumbling moron with a crazy weird accent.
2: Well, <laughs> I think that uh, is it a Rhode Island accent?
0: No, he's he's mass. Okay, um, mass, and I then I also he has like. Mass has weird. A quad, back. Yeah, I, no. it's nice. I'm not saying that that's, but that's the reaction to him. Like no, he's of course, now, yeah. it's like Gruden. It's swung it's like too a far, bit almost. Yeah, yeah where <laughs> it feels... he also
2: wasn't that good in Carolina. Okay, he inherited. He'll tell a you mess. that
0: he was. He... <laughs> whoa, Danny, off the top rope. He,
2: what did he say? He oh, said so he'll, he'll, tell, he'll you... tell you that he was. Oh, oh yeah. Oh wow. Ooh.
0: <laughs> okay, so why wasn't okay. it? Because they comp- well, they had a messy situation. They won 12 games, and then they they weren't good. And because Cam took a step back, and then Cam was awesome, and they played yeah. in the Super Bowl. So I that's mean, bad. He, they
2: inherited a lot of talent. Um, they, you know, obviously, here is the thing: Marty Herney gave those big contracts to the running backs, but apparently Dave Gettleman would have just given them bigger contracts. So they, that, that, I guess that—that's the, the word. Because they, huh? the, <laughs> I thought it was a cap situation. <laughs> no, 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 it was, was a cap situation. Marty Herney mismanaged the cap, and they brought Marty Herney back. But um, you know, he rescinded the the tag on Josh Norman for no reason. Um, and, you know, his drafts weren't weren't particularly good. I mean, he. Uh, it, I, there's a reason, you know, there were the two guys who were fired in the same offseason. One was John Dorsey, one was Dave Gettleman. John Dorsey was worlds better than, than Dave Gettleman. Um, I don't think either should have been fired. I think Gettleman should have gotten two more years in Carolina, but I can see some of the missteps. Uh, my, my scuttlebutt I want to talk about here is uh, Montez Sweat because I don't hmm. know if you've seen or heard any of these things. People are saying that he's off a ton of boards, a ton of, and this is just a guy because who, of the heart thing, right? Yeah. The yeah. medical thing, and we've seen this in the past, and I, I, I saw some stuff yesterday, and I heard some stuff that, you know, I he is in this zone right now where he could still be picked in the top ten if one team has medical staff that believes him, or he could have just an unfathomable slip. And we've seen mm-hmm. some of these slips in the past. Um, You know, I think that the the sort of— the guidepost is Miles Jack, who randomly came out and told the New York Post he was going to have microfracture surgery the day before the draft. Oh boy! Um, yeah. Which, by the way, not a great career move. I don't know it's <laughs> it's not something not something I recommend. Um, but I mean, obviously he he's he's a pretty good player now. But the hard thing I think is scaring a lot of teams. I just think Montez Sweat is really freaking good. I wrote the story this week about analytics and how the teams are using it. Montez Sweat was two and a half miles per hour faster at the senior ball practice in Hunter Renfro.
0: <laughs> well, Renfro's 30. <laughs>
2: He's he was faster than half of the defensive backs. Yeah, that's crazy. Pounds.
0: I think and the tape is there too to the back it up, that. The tape is
2: this isn't he had one good senior no, ball practice. Awesome. He's an awesome player. But it I don't know what you like do. And I don't know what the zone is where a smart team says we're going to roll the dice on the medical thing because this guy's worth it at 23 i don't know that i don't i i am ready to believe anything as far as that's concerned well maurice hurst last year was
1: uh what i heard i think dane brugler said what he'd heard um is that it's almost the same it's a very similar thing to what maurice hurst has now that's just me speculating obviously i'm not a doctor but um it's similar to what he had and that and and hurst who was rumored to be like a late first rounder Mm -hmm. pretty much all the way up to the draft um he fell into I believe the 5th round. So Yeah. Oh, you sweat, know, that was sweat. kind of like the story. I think
2: Sweat is better than Hurst. What?
1: Yeah, I mean, he might be in in and Hurst for the record had a really pretty yeah. good rookie season. So, sure he's he's obviously a good player too. Um, but I mean, it just it comes down to what teams are willing to do. I get the sense that someone's going to take him in the first round. He might slip into the teens or the late, you know, into the 20s or something like that, but I think some team is going to take a take the risk because his upside, his length, I mean, he's got, like, an 85- or 6-inch wingspan. He, he's got one of the longest wingspans ever recorded at the Combine. Um, you know, he, he's got length and athleticism, and, and like you said, he's got he's got pretty good tape. Um, I think I had him in, like, the, the teens or early 20s before everything, um, and I moved him up my board. I think he's at, like, 10 or 11 or 13 or so now, Um Just because I think his upside is just through the roof with his athleticism and and length and all that. If he can develop a few moves, he could be unstoppable.
0: Do you want to get to... It sounds like Danny doesn't have a rumor that he feels unprofessional about. You must have one, Kevin. (laughs) Danny's more professional than you.
2: Um, uh, No, I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't have... I'm trying to think of anything that could be public right now.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> this is a really, um, by the way, it's a really shitty move by the host here. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just worried about content.
2: You're just worried that we, ha- we, ha- we haven't done enough reckless things that, that would have to come out? Yeah, I need something. <laughs> um I, I i i got i i, I don't know if there's all right we'll table if, that one yeah we're gonna table it <laughs> we'll table that one all <laughs> right let's do it.
0: let's do a little rapid fire here yes. but before we do rapid fire with our guys i want to tell you about trains because a lot of you guys don't know the deal and that's what we're here for it can be a little frustrating especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train And if the signals are going, and the train's not even there yet, you can feel a bit tempted to try to sneak across the tracks. Well, don't. Ever. Trains are often going a lot faster than you expect them to be, and they can't stop. Even if the engineer hits the brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop. By that time, what used to be your car is just a crushed hunk of metal in what used to be you. Well, better not to think about that. The point is you can't know how quickly the train will arrive the train can't stop even if it sees you the result is disaster if the signals are on the train is on its way and you just need to remember one thing stop trains can't that segues perfectly into furniture dual thread is also brought to you by burrow makers of clever furniture designed for real life and if your real life is like our real life. You're set to spend a lot of time spent on the sofa in the next few months because as nice as it is to see a baseball game, it's much better to see it in air-conditioned comfort. Burroughs Designs means it's easy to move and easy to set up. It features naturally scratch and stain-resistant fabric, sturdy hardwood frames, soft foam cushions, and a built-in USB charger. It's totally customizable, so you can pick from five fabric colors, three-leg finishes, two armrest styles, any length, and add a chase lounge or ottoman. One week shipping is always free and comes with a risk-free 30-day return period. I love mine. Set it up. You go on the website. There's different little pieces. It adapts. It's just adaptable. I, I like it. It's like a, it's like an outside linebacker that can turn and cover as well. See what I'm doing there? It's time to upgrade your sofa to one that actually stands up to your lifestyle. Get $75 off a new sofa and free one week shipping by visiting burrow.com/dual. That's Burrow, dot com slash D-U-A-L for $75 off a new sofa. Thanks again to Burrow for supporting the show. Okay, back to the rapid fire. We'll start with you, Danny. Give me the GM you yeah. trust the most on draft day. Oh, man.
1: I think right now Chris Ballard is tough to beat. I mean, that guy just seems like he's on fire right now. Um, just making smart decisions. Howie Roseman's another one, I'd say, like runner-up. Those are one 1A one and 1B for me, I think.
2: Ballard's right there for me. I yeah, would also dudes love Ballard. I would also say that <clears throat> Belichick, in the sense that he's just going to draft some like B minus player, then they're going to win the Super Bowl. It's gonna be <laughs> totally fine. Yeah, doesn't nothing matters. He has weird runs with his drafts
0: though, because he'll have oh, yeah. he'll have like drafts where you go, oh my god, this guy's the best, and then you'll go, yeah. what the hell? Like I felt like there was this really long stretch where like stop listening to Urban Meyer, stop listening to Urban. Right. And, and Greg Sciano. Sciano, who he, he loved. And granted, like Logan Ryan worked out, but he had some Rutgers guys that he took. So you're like, what are you guys doing? I also would
2: put John Dorsey in the mix right now. I think in the mix? I think he's really good. I, There's, as, I as think, someone I trust.
1: Part of this for me is I don't really trust many <laughs> GMs at you this know, point.
2: You know, you know who I actually think is hitting at a, at a pretty impressive rate is Tom Telesco.
1: Yeah, Tommy that's T. true. It's very true. <laughs>
2: I just think you have Derwin James, you have Bosa. I mean, I just think that they're he. He seems to take Danny Kirk, If I'm wrong, he seems to take the guy that everyone is like they should take this guy. Yeah, like he takes the most obvious pick every year, and it's so just totally readingly works.
1: Just reading draft. Twitter. Yeah, he
2: just he literally just looks at <laughs> Kuyper's big board and is like, yeah, they're pretty good, and then he just hits at a really good. Rate. No, but
1: it's a pretty good point because you're like, yeah, why
0: would other people not take that guy? Right, like I mean, the why, Derwin James Derwin one is all time.
2: but. I mean, but even yeah.
0: Ingram, who I've always right. loved and, you know, it's not like he wasn't a, a top pick, but uh yeah. All right. That's a good one. All right. Let's ruin some contacts for you guys <laughs> and maybe get some that. Who's
1: the GM? You're like, eh, I don't know if I trust <laughs> this guy right now. Uh I'll go first. I think McKagan with the Jets yeah. is on thin ice and that one's kind of an obvious one. Um And I would say. I don't necessarily trust what John Lynch and the 49ers are going to do. I'm not oh, saying he's necessarily making the decisions, but um, you know, I think Shanahan kind of is running the running that ship. But um, I don't necessarily trust what they're going to do. I think they have a home run hit, a home run potential if they can just get Nick Bosa at number two. Um, but from there, if they like trade back or
2: something, I, I don't know if I, I, I'm still not there with them yet. I, w- I mean, there's some obvious candidates here. I don't think. I think that it's more about someone like Dave Gettleman not even entertaining, trading down, that sort of thing. Is Tannenbaum oh, still eligible? In. Tannenbaum's uh, yeah. at ESPN.
0: <laughs> no, I know, but does it still make him eligible? Somebody <laughs> on draft day that you don't trust. Uh,
2: I, I mean, he could, he could rise to power in the next 48 hours. How many different then. jobs
0: has he had in like, remember he was going to be a media agent? And then it's like, no, I'll oh, just what? go back. He was, to, Steve,
2: he was Steve Kerr's agent. Do yeah, you know but that? then all
0: of a sudden, no, I do know this. And yeah. then he immediately was like, wait a minute, you're, you're running the Dolphins now? What's I, going on? Parcels, cre- hey, tentacles. The, cre- the
2: cream always rises, Ryan. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, um, continue. Okay, so uh, Gettleman just doesn't seem to understand how the draft works. Yeah. And, and I think I'm the, changing we, my we answer to Gettleman. A, I would say wow. on the, the, trading da- the trading down thing, we've reached the thing. I saw Daniel Jeremiah said this the other day. I, I went on the pod and said there's going to be real values. I said this last week that there's going to be real values because every owner, it's almost like, uh, remember in 2006 in baseball where every owner just read Moneyball and was like, we got to get on base percentage. We just Michael gotta, Brantley. Yeah, we just got, we got to, the ownership was just like, we got to, I have read Reed's Moneyball once and all of a sudden they're just interfering. <laughs> and I kind of feel there was a report that Stephen Ross before they took Minka Fitzpatrick was like, we got to trade down. You know, Sashi did it. The Eagles do it. The Patriots do Patrick, it. Patrick, yeah. I mean, the whole Patriots thing. Everybody who's really smart, knows. including the Nobel Prize winner who wrote an academic paper on this, everybody who's really smart has been trading down. So every owner has now overthought this. and oh, We've got to trade down. The Jets are open for business. And I saw the other day that um, Daniel Jeremiah said that the Texans are one of the, teams that only one, one of the only teams that want to move up. So just, the Texans should be picking first overall because they'll you know, <laughs> trade a seventh rounder for the fir- first overall pick because everybody wants to trade down reflexively. Um, so anyway, that's a long way of saying I agree with Danny. I don't like what McCagnan's done. Don't like what Gettleman has done. Um... I mean, I, I, what, I, I haven't totally liked the team that Tampa Bay's been putting together recently, and I, I would also say Steve Kime has not done a tremendously good job. Steve, It's been a while since Steve Kime hit. So Danny's got his stuff up
0: on the ringer, and you can read all that. He's got his latest mock so up there good. as well. It's very, very good. I'm going to do this. I'm going to set Danny up, and then I'm going to have Kevin. So I'll, after Kevin's done, if you have a rebuttal, just go for it. But give me the player that, you know, we all have that guy, right? And we're like, I'm not talking about the number one pick. I'm talking about this guy. Is the based on all your tape and all the stuff, like Mm -hmm. you would bet everything on this one being clean. Like it's going to be a productive career for this guy.
2: (sighs) Because I remember Robert.
0: Right, because like Robert Galloway is one of the all timers where Gallery. Yeah. Oh, Robert Gallery. Galloway was went a lot (laughs) later. Iowa tackle, and it was like the worst you could do is that you're going to have a tackle for 10 years. And he ended up not being that great. And then he went to guard, and people were like, well, he still went to
2: guard. And you're like, yeah, but that's not what you're thinking when you take him fourth. I I, I forgot the golden era of just any time someone was a tackle in the first round, the only analysis was pencil him in for 10 years. Yeah, okay, so anyway, (laughs) Danny, we interrupted you
1: there, so go. No, so my guy, I think, in that category is Jeffrey Simmons, Mississippi State defensive tackle. I mean, he... The only thing that I'm worried about with him is he had an ACL injury. He, he tore his ACL, so he's not going to be able to play most, of, most if all, of his rookie season. So that's obviously a downside. That's why he's probably going to fall down the draft, potentially into the late, you know, into the 20s. Maybe some people think he might even fall out of the first round. He I think he's a top 10 talent in this class. Um, I comped him to Fletcher Cox. I just think he's really good, really powerful, versatile. Um, I just think he'll have a very good career.
2: I think Ed Oliver is going to be quite good. I don't, I don't think he's going to be Aaron Donald where some of those comps are. I actually right. like Danny's Danny Kelly's uh, shades of, which is a souped-up Grady Jarrett, <laughs> which is really good. Um, I think that Andre Diller, the tackle, I just That's love, a good one. I love his athleticism, and he just has the ten thousand hour theory of pass blocking at this point. Um, I, I, I think Bosa and Quentin Williams. I mean, I think all those guys. I mean, I, I think this yeah. is a, this is a little bit similar to. The 2016 draft where it went golf and Wentz, and that was the focal point. And then the teams picking three through five got the actual best players. And that was Joey Bosa. That was Jalen Ramsey at one point. I remember when Jalen Ramsey was good. Um, and so I think that someone like Bosa or, or Quinn and Williams is going to be stealing this draft.
1: You know who I think we're going to be talking about a lot over the next few years is Devin Bush, yeah. linebacker. Yeah, you love him. That guy is so fun to watch. His tape is, I think, one of the funnest guys to watch in this class. I feel like off-ball linebacker has made a big jump in the standings. Oh yeah, like that term. No,
0: I just don't feel like I've ever heard that term nearly as
1: much. Oh, just the actual term. Yeah, (laughs) it's It's like the it's it's we're we're evolving from outside linebacker and DN to just edge and. Offball linebacker or whatever, like stack linebacker, some people say. Oh, I think it's I just to it. make sure you're not a non-rushing linebacker. Yeah. is I, really I, the I love when,
2: with the football world, like the casual wins a term and we just spend three year like three technique. Just love. we got you got to get that three technique. <laughs> I and, still
0: don't feel like everybody has all the different. Like he's a one. He's a three. yeah, no. yeah.
2: it's also incredibly hard to understand the nuances between them unless you
0: the are, numbers, though, I don't oh, think no, no, that's the, hard. No,
2: no no, no no, the numbers yeah. are yeah. very easy. I'm saying the actual, like, the actual intricacies of the difference between a straight nose and and I
0: remember and I worked with yeah. a guy that he just whenever he could use a term, he was going to use it. Oh, yeah. And it actually <laughs> made him horrible on the air because he would just be like, he's a he's a three hybrid. But yeah. the thing is, you can line him up in zero. But you also if you're going to be doing <laughs> zone dogs, but then busters and then it's like, dude, no one knows. What the fuck you just said?
2: A gap. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Got to fill those A gaps.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Well, the A thing, double no, A, I understand double A. Come
2: on. I I,
0: I, I watch I, Gruden guy.
2: Right. I know, but I'm, <laughs> you know just, saying, I'm banana, just saying yeah. the
0: guy Joe double A's to that's basic bitch right there. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> uh,
2: I I would feel uncomfortable Saying that without more context <laughs> on the air. Okay. I would feel uncomfortable being like double A blitz. Will you the say Packers, sugar, the Packers, sugar the A gap? The Packers did it. Dom Capers used to do it. But if I said Dom Capers, that was his bread and butter, I would have to spend three minutes explaining it to the listener. Because I care more about the listener than you do, Ryan. I care about the listener. Well, they did just throw in double A at them and moving on.
0: No, I think everybody knows what double A is at this point. But mm-hmm. the best is when people argue about cover two, and then the RPO thing. That's my favorite thing now. Yeah. in RPO is that an announcer says it's an RPO, and then a former NFL player says it's not RPO on yeah. Twitter, it's and just then everybody play everybody just gets super pissed off at each other <laughs> on whether or not it really was an RPO for three <laughs> fucking hours during a game, depending on if there's some variation of the spread. And anyway, you just described Twitter, to yeah, a T. right? Yeah. Sundays, one Eastern RPO <laughs> debate. Let's go seven hours. <laughs> Okay, uh, moving on. By the way, I couldn't have screwed up that 04 draft more. Gallery, who I screwed up the name, also went second behind Eli. So yeah. I. Uh, Tough pick. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm going to move on. I'm going to just take it. We're <laughs> on to Cincinnati. Give me, Danny, the player that you hear everybody saying is going in the first round, but based on your evaluation, you still don't see it. You can't use Daniel Jones.
1: I know. I was going to say. <laughs> that, that, so this guy's going to fall out of the first round potentially, no, you no, saying?
0: No, no. This guy is just, he's supposed to be in the first round. You don't see it.
1: Uh that's a good question. Let's see. Um, don't
2: take mine Danny, you know who mine's going to be.
1: A couple of players come to mind. Uh first off, Dexter Lawrence a Clemson. Hmm. Um I personally think he's a. I think he's a good player and I but I think teams just don't value that position quite as much anymore. Um now that said, Vita Via did go pretty high last year, but I think teams are kind of looking at that and um, I think the just like a quote run stuffing defensive tackle or whatever. If teams seem like that, he'll fall out of the first round. Um, do you think Rashawn Gary could fall out of the first round? Mm. The shoulder thing came up. I, I'm guessing he won't fall out of the first round, but the shoulder thing came up. Apparently he's had issues with his shoulder. He's going to have to get surgery after the season to kind of work on that. Um, add that into the fact that he did not have good, uh, production at Michigan. Um, that's I think there's some potential there. I, I'm guessing he probably will I think NFL teams are just enamored
2: with his athleticism. Is it too easy to say Drew Locke? No, I don't no. think it is. But I I'm I, I'm not saying he shouldn't be a first round pick. What I'm saying is that I understand the quarterback stuff and all that. We had this debate with Mays last week and he said, Well, the one drawback, you know, I, I think he makes big time throws, the one drawback is there's just plays where he just looks like he has no idea what he's doing. I was like, well, that seems like a big yeah. red flag. Because there's a handful <laughs> of times each game where he just looks lost. And I said, okay, that sounds like a guy I don't want playing quarterback for me, so I'm going to go ahead and skip that. Uh, I would also say DK Metcalf. I just think that there's yeah, so many... That was the other one. I think there's so many value picks. I mean, I think that I've, I've probably now talked about Miles Boykin more than anybody outside of his family, but he is an example of someone who you're going to be able to get later who has the same... I mean, he can turn, unlike DK Metcalf, but... Um, if you're just going off of athleticism and the no production thing, the high upside thing, you can get those guys in the second or third round. You do not need to draft. you DK Metcalf at twenty?
1: He fell out of the first round in my in my final mock. Weeken or, or Metcalf? Metcalf. Did. Okay. So Good for you. The other guy I think you could throw out there is Noah Fant, the Iowa tight end. Ooh. Um, I don't. You know, I'm not necessarily going to bet on this, but. I mean, tight ends are just lower—teams don't value tight ends quite as much as I think everyone on, you know, like fantasy fans and and Twitter fans have a lot of—like they value tight ends really high. I think TJ Hawkinson's a great example. Like a lot of people are putting him in the top 10, which would be an insane outlier for what has happened in the past. Um, So I think there's a slight chance if there's a really big run on quarterbacks and and defensive ends, uh, defensive tackles— I think there's a slight chance that Fant could fall out of the first round.
2: Mm.
0: Wow, that actually, yeah, that would go that would go against. But I guess from a production standpoint, although you know, I was talking with uh, my guy McShane, the ESPN draft pod, and he was like, "Look, because Stanley was good, their offense is good." He's like, "He had he didn't have a million catches in college, but for the other tight end, he still did pretty well." Um, but we all know what I was going to do as far as their offense. We haven't even touched on Haskins yet here because so many people had him at the Giants. You guys are both kind of doing this, man, we're hearing this Daniel Jones thing. I now want that to happen bad. Is <laughs> Haskins, are we propping up the quarterback class in general with maybe secondary prospects just because of the lack of depth in this that's class? That's what we do.
2: That's what we yeah, do as a football we media because that's <laughs> all anybody actually cares about. So what is
0: Haskins really? Like just in a vacuum, Danny, your evaluation of him the highs and lows floor
1: ceiling. I like Haskins, I think uh, more than maybe some people do these days. I, I saw Land Zierling said he might be the fourth quarterback taken and that um, he's that that Haskins has been a little bit of a media like created thing. And I, I don't know if I buy that for sure. Um, I have him as my number two quarterback in this class. I like Kyler Murray more than him, but I think he's got a good arm. Uh, I think he showed, you know, flashes of the ability to read the defense uh, you know, he's, he can move around in the pocket. There's a lot of potential there. He's he's very, um, he, he only has one year starter mm-hmm. experience. So that's like the biggest thing that you kind of worry about. But, um, you know, the sample size is small. But I think he showed enough to me that he could he could develop into a very good starter. So I, I like Haskins, actually. I think landing spot dependent, of course. I think any quarterback in this class is going to be landing spot dependent. But um, I think his skill set you know, matches up with what a lot of teams want to do in the NFL. And so he can make those throws downfield. He can, he's, he's, you know, accurate in the intermediate area. He, I think he's smart. So I don't know. I think that he's got kind of that skill set that I like.
2: Yeah. six three two thirty. 30. I mean, I think he's, he's got a lot of the things you like, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm kind of with you. I think that there's the, the, you know, the, the one year, I think that the, you know, you mocked him to the Bengals. I think. Is that right? Last week. yeah. Yeah. Is that. I, I kind of think that's an interesting landing spot for somebody like him. yeah.
1: Can,
2: can I will can say learn that, under elite pass Randy Dalton for a year. That would
1: that would be pretty good for him. I I think I got him going to the Broncos in my final mock. Oh God. Um, which means he can stay. He can play under Flacco. Same kind of deal, you know. It's 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 the bridge quarterback to the future. Get him kind of acclimated to the NFL. I will say the thing that worries me a little bit about Haskins, is the way that he deals with pressure and things fall apart when. You get him off his spot and like have him kind of move around. It was kind of like Flacco actually, which is why I gave him to the Broncos. Um, I just think you know he, if he can throw on time and and you know work within the structure of an offense, I think he can pick you apart though. So that that's kind of why I like him. Uh, I think my comp for him was was Nick Foles. So um, you also
2: had medium sized Ben Roethlisberger, which I quite liked.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but like, get him in an offense that like a heavy RPO offense or whatever and, and get the ball out of his hands quickly, let him deal with that. That's, that sounds like a nightmare
2: for Twitter if he's going to be RPO heavy. <laughs> there you go. Tough day for Russo. We gotta, yeah, we got to
0: figure out. we got to get a real definition here. <laughs> okay, rapid fire. You guys ready? We're yes. going to go. You Who you think is not necessarily like, this is where he's going to go in the draft, but your bet at every position, just the best player five years from now, this will be the best player at mm-hmm. this position. Are okay. you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, quarterback. Kyler. Kyler. Unanimous. <laughs> running back. Oh, Jacobs. wow.
2: Jacobs. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of... This one's tough. There's a lot of athleticism in this class. And there's a lot of bad running backs who have incredible athleticism. And I would overdraft those guys. But the one thing I think that 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 gets me... Uh, that checks all the boxes for me is going to be Miles Sanders. Yeah. He'd be my... I think he'd be like my second choice for that. But yeah,
1: I like Jacobs the most.
0: I'm going to go off the board. I'm just going to throw my pick in here. Trevion Williams. Oh, there you go. Dude, you get him in the right RPOs all day with him. Just get him out on the edge.
2: There you go. I'm just making up Twitter comments. Miami's, okay. Miami's Travis Homer <laughs> is a good example of just a guy who's not very good, but tested well. So he's on my radar.
0: Huh. All right. He's kind of fun. That's he's how kind of you get on world. my
2: radar is just be athletic and not be very good.
0: Wide receiver. Five years from now. This class is
1: tough. Paris Campbell. I went. I went back I'm, and forth. I'm going this with Paris a lot. Campbell on this. I love that pick Ooh. right there. I, I'm saying Hollywood Brown. Oh, if healthy, yeah. I mean that's the big caveat, but if his foot is somewhat fine, I think he can. He's gonna be a baller.
0: I don't know if it's just those late night Pac-12 games, but <laughs> Nikhil, Nikhil Harry, Harry. yeah, I know. Just, he was my runner-up. <laughs> he just was so – but dude, look, how many guys – that's a long line of dudes that were awesome at skill positions in college that it doesn't translate. But um all right, tight end. We basically got two guys to pick from. Maybe three.
2: Well, yeah. you, who's the third outside the two Irv, Iowa guys? Because
0: in Alabama's yeah, offense, yeah, when they yeah, had yeah. five different guys and all those running backs, there could be something I mean, between all the dudes that Alabama had to throw to. Yeah. Irv would flash – Every now and then is like, man, this guy might be awesome, but there's just too many other
1: options. So my my obvious choice is TJ Hawkins. Yeah, that's, and I think that's he, gonna he's going to be a Pro Bowler. I'm going to throw out. I really like uh, Kahali Waring. He's not even probably someone you've heard of. Look, yeah, I have State. not. I was just waiting for you to continue on with that line, and so he, I could, he went to San Diego State. He's late to football. I love that. Kind of like a raw guy, but like six foot five, two hundred fifty pounds. Moves really, really well. He's built really, really well. He played um, just all kinds of other sports in high school and stuff, like multi-sport athlete. Uh, So he's like super athletic. Reminds me, the way he moves kind of reminds me of Travis Kelsey. I'm not saying he's Travis Kelsey, but um, I think he's kind of one of these guys that could end up five years down the line. Everyone's going to be talking about him. So I like him a lot. We can't leave out fullback, but I imagine it's Alec
0: Engle. So we'll just move on. Yep. I was just about to say that. (laughs)
2: And I thought, I googled. Uh, I just wanted to look at TJ Hawkinson's profile, and the the video that pops up that auto plays is is Hawkinson side by side with Jason Witten. Just like, can we get better comparisons here?
0: <laughs> I like it. I don't know. No, I don't know.
2: Hey, I I think I I'm with Danny that on this one. I think it's more of George Kittle. I think it's more. I mean, the other comparison I've heard is Travis Kelsey as well.
0: Okay, yeah. he's do you, good. Do you want to combine tackle and guard here?
2: Yeah, sure. Andre yeah. Dillard
1: I'm going with Jonah Williams. I like him a lot. I think he's a technician, and, and that would just Trump be really good. Lidstrom from BC at guard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, I, think, I think he'd be the best player in this class at at either guard or tackle.
2: I like position. Cody Ford too.
1: Right. I do too. I do too.
0: Do we care about center in this draft? Sure.
2: I like. I like Daniel Garrett Bradbury around. is
1: really good. Who are you saying, He's, Kevin? Garrett Bradbury said, of NC State.
0: I'm going to let
2: Danny tackle that. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> Defensive end.
0: It oh. doesn't even matter. Bosa. Yeah. Um, tackle. Quinnen.
2: Quinnen. Linebacker. We'll just Ooh. combine it. The Devons. I agree with that. But you have to pick one. I'm going with Bush. I'm also
1: going to go with Bush. Although, I, hmm. I, think, White, I think Devin White is going to go in the top 10. But I like Devin Bush a little bit more.
2: Yeah. I do too. And I actually wonder, Danny, if that's because I sat behind you when you we watched his highlights <laughs> and you were just so excited that I now think yeah. that Devin Bush is is going to make fifteen Pro Bowls. <laughs> I'm gonna go that's, with Devin. That's Devin fair. Bush. I think that probably
0: happened. Yeah. The cornerback class you don't hear a lot about. Tyron Murphy. Right?
1: He's my highest rated guy for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Safety. Oof. That's a really good question because there's so many different kinds of safeties.
2: <sighs> Jonathan Abram.
1: Yeah, he's really good. He's, like, more of a strong safety, though. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's the the positional value kind of, like, question comes in, you know? The Giants are going to love him. <laughs> I'm going to say Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out of Florida.
2: I like him. I think the Whoa, future,
1: the, the way the NFL is changing and and uh spreading out like those slot uh defenders like slot cornerbacks/safeties are going to be more and more important. Uh hasn't really caught up yet, but I think he's going to be a really good player.
2: I'm still I'm trying to talk myself into Nazir Adderley from Delaware. Yeah,
1: can you help, I think he could be help a good me player. Do that? Very very athletic. Yeah. Uh really rangy. He's one of the few guys in this class who could probably play like the Earl Thomas like center field role. Um he played at a lower level at Delaware and there were times where I kind of questioned his instincts a little bit, but he has really good ball skills. I mean, he catches the ball like a receiver. He didn't
2: work out at the combine, which you know,
1: um, when you're a
2: smaller yeah. school guy, you gotta you gotta test well to get on my radar.
1: Yeah, and so he, I think, has a lot of potential, but he's definitely like a projection. He, he's a project at this point.
2: Yeah, I love that, that every single small school guy. There's just one line of analysis, which is when you you gotta dominate the competition. In small schools, you gotta yeah. dominate. It's like okay.
0: Are you saying you don't have to dominate?
2: I mean, I'm just saying that <laughs> I've seen a lot of guys who didn't, you know, make everybody like a high school player, and they were fine. Rapid
0: fire, long snapper, place. Just kidding. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. Uh, Danny, where can we
1: follow you on Twitter? All uh, right, Danny B. Kelly on Twitter and follow him. Yeah, go to the go to our NFL Draft Guide at The Ringer.com. It's got it's going to have a hundred players, full scouting reports, Including player Daniel comps, Jones. everything. <laughs> including Daniel Jones tacked on at the end there um, (laughs) because he's probably going to go number six to the Giants
2: and I'm going to laugh. And Kevin, we can follow you. Uh, Add by Kevin Clark. I wrote a magic. I went to the magic game on Sunday. Wrote a column about it. And I also wrote about the analytics war that's happening in this draft, which I think is most fascinating thing in years. But if you do want to get ready for the draft, definitely check out that Orlando Magic article. (laughs) Multitask.
0: Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Enjoy the draft, right? (laughs) Thank you. We'll be back to break down all the draft stuff and reaction. Dual threat podcast from The Ringer. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll talk to you next week.